0: Hi friends, how are you today? My name is Bailey Sarian and today is Monday, which means it's Murder, Mystery and Makeup Monday. If you are new here, hi, my name is Bailey Sarian and on Mondays, I sit down and I talk about a true crime story that's been heavy on my noggin and I do my makeup at the same time. If you're interested in true crime and you like makeup, I would highly suggest you hit that subscribe button because I'm here for you on Monday. Let me tell you about today's story because Vampire, (sighs) love a vampire, fun. Are they real? I don't know, you know? But today I'm gonna tell you about a woman that journalists in Australia called the Lesbian Vampire Killer. What a title. She was literally reported to be in newspapers and tabloids, a vampire who'd been caught killing as a part of her need to feed. And stories to this day still circulate on the internet, many of which still claim she was a literal supernatural creature. I mean, it can't be true, right? So I got to beep bop boobin', snooping around. And let me tell you about what I found out, cause ooh, let's get into it. Today we're talking about Tracy Wigginton. Now she was born in 1965 in Rockhampton, Rockhampton in Queensland, Australia, which is like seven hours up the coast from Brisbane. How'd I do? <laughs> Her parents got divorced shortly after she was born. Oh, I need to add a disclaimer. This story is all sorts of bad, okay? We're gonna talk about everything from sexual abuse to sucking blood to uh, lots of other things. Just a disclaimer, because it already starts off bad. All right, so Tracy's mom, her name was Rachel. She felt like she wasn't really able to take care of Tracy Um, after she was born. So instead of taking care of herself, she decided, okay, what if um, my parents, which would be Tracy's biological grandparents, would adopt and take care of her? Rhonda's parents' names were Avril, like Avril Levine, and Greg Wigginton. So they adopt and take in Tracy. Great, right? No, unfortunately this was not the right move. Greg, Tracy's grandfather slash adopted parental unit. He, well, he was a lot of things, okay? For one, he was a wealthy businessman. He was wealthy enough to have adopted Tracy and another girl named Miriam. And it just really seems like money was the only thing that he had to offer. Everything else about him was pretty shitty, okay? He was a crappy husband. I guess allegedly he had many affairs, which everyone seemed to know about and, They're probably not okay with it, but you know, they knew about it. But not only that, the worst thing of all about this gray guy, he wanted more than just his affairs. So he started taking advantage of his adopted children not long after taking them in. He was molesting them, having relations with them. (sighs) Just sad. Avril, Tracy's grandmother, was vicious in her own right. According to Tracy, Avril, she knew about the affairs her husband was having and was also made aware of what was happening with the children. And instead of protecting herself, her family, Avril would take her anger out on the kids. Tracy would say that Avril, she would focus a lot of her anger on Miriam. Now Miriam was allegedly beat up to four times a day with cords, with things around the house, getting creative, you know? And there was one time when Avril had taken Miriam outside of the house, tied her to like a post that was under the house and left her there overnight. So it's safe to say that like this home was not a safe space for the girls at all, right? Like shit. Apparently the only thing that Avril really loved in all the world were her chihuahuas. Yeah, Tracy said that she would spoil them and like feed them the dogs, premium steak, give them lots of love, cuddles, you know, things you do with dogs. Meanwhile, abusing and isolating the children. Avril was just an evil, evil witch who should have just stuck with adopting dogs and not children she was nicer to the animals i don't know i don't want to put the animals in danger either but it just seems like you know maybe she should have just stuck with dogs like damn lady why you gotta ruin some kids lives and grade yeah when tracy did have quiet moments alone to herself she would keep busy by reading books she loved to read she would later say that she was really attracted to darker books, ones about witchcraft or shared stories about the other side. The only other information we have about Tracy growing up is that uh, people said she liked to wear black clothes and she was quiet. So because of this, she was a bit of an outsider. Maybe she was quiet because uh, Everyone was abusing her and like, she probably didn't have a safe space to like speak, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Her grandfather slash parent slash abuser, Greg, thank God, passed away when Tracy was in 10th grade. But it wouldn't take long for Miss Averill, who is now single, to find a new man. Now, you know, the kids are hoping that things are gonna calm down, but unfortunately, It did not, it was still chaos within the home. This new man that Avril brought in was also abusive, but abusive towards Avril. There was one time when he like slapped her in the face and Tracy had witnessed this and she got so mad that she ended up attacking him. She beat him up so bad that he fractured his nose, but then also she had slammed his hearing aid down his ear canal. It was just new, I hadn't heard that one before. Pretty brutal. I'm not saying what she did was right, but I could understand. (laughs) Okay, so then that happened, not great. And then Avril, she died shortly after, from old age. It was nothing like suspicious or anything. So once she died, this left Tracy completely alone, which a side note, I have no idea what happened to Miriam. It was like, she was there in the home and then I don't know where she went from here. But okay, Tracy is now on her own. So she ends up moving back with her biological mother for a bit, Um, but I guess that didn't work out, reasons unknown. But after that, she moved in with her mother's friends. Their names were Catherine and Ron. According to Tracy, she said this guy Ron started having sexual relations with her shortly after she moved in. God, right? Like. Damn, she can't catch a break. So at this point she would have been like 16 or 17 years old. Either way, clearly he was taking advantage of her. And that's when she found out that Ron was also sexually abusing his own daughter. So Tracy does the right thing. And she goes to Catherine, who's married to Ron, and she tells Catherine what's been going on, that he's been having sex with her and also the daughter. Catherine, she ends up kicking Ron out of the house. Awesome, great, right? Of course not. No, because get this, get this. I guess Catherine, Catherine also had a thing for younger children and she too started making sexual advances on Tracy. When I was reading this, I was like, holy crap, can poor Tracy get a damn break? With all of this being said, I'm sure you can understand that maybe Tracy is not doing well mentally, you know? She's had to deal with a lot in her upbringing, shit. So once Tracy turned 18, that's when she received a pretty large inheritance from Greg's estate. Now this would be enough to keep a roof over her head. And also she didn't have to worry about finding work. It was security. It was something that Tracy had never had before. Just a whole new world. A whole new world. The inheritance she got gave her so much freedom freedom to explore herself, freedom just to be, and most of all, be away from abusive parental units trying to take advantage of her. This is when Tracy chopped all her hair off. She started dressing like a biker and she traveled around the country while going from one relationship to another, like not in a bad way. She's just young, free and exploring. Opportunities, you know? Tracy said that she knew she was gay from a young age. And now that she was quote unquote free, it gave her the opportunity to fully explore that other side of herself. And that's exactly what she did. So she does this for a couple of years. And then at the age of 22 is when she meets a woman named Debbie. She and Debbie would end up settling down, deciding to be in like an official relationship and they moved to Brisbane, where they would live together for about two and a half years. It was all great until it wasn't. So two years into the relationship is when things really started to just go downhill. The two of them were bickering a lot, you know, and it kind of seemed like things were coming to an end, but before they officially ended it, they decided to have an open relationship. Now this would give them the opportunity to explore other sexual partners, but also, still be together so this seemed like a great idea on paper but i guess tracy she it seems like she really didn't want that maybe it sounded like a good idea but when it came down to it she did not like this whole open relationship deal tracy would say that it made her furious i mean top-notch upset when debbie would bring other people home and she could hear the two engaging in like sexual relations in the room next door. I'm sure nobody would like that. Well, I mean, for the most part. But in regards to this story, Tracy did not like. Nay, nay. Well, when little Debbie over here, <laughs> little Debbie, when she would bring um, people over to the house to engage in relations, Tracy just wanted a place to go to vent her frustrations, uh, get out of the house maybe even find herself a new side piece or something, you know? So she goes and she ventures out. And that is when she meets 24 year old Lisa. Mind you, Tracy is also 24 at this time. So who's this Lisa girl? Well, let me tell you, Lisa. Tracy and Lisa, they both had a lot in common. For starters, they were both Young women, great. They both were, like, ready to have fun and party. They were both into women. And also, they were both very interested in the occult and anything dark. They were like, oh, my God, you love Satan? Me too. I love Satan. Yay. You know, they just bonded over that. So they became involved with one another and started dating or hooking up. On top of that, Lisa also had two really close friends, and she introduced them to Tracy, so it was great. It was like, ooh, group of friends, great. There was um, 23-year-old Kim and another 23-year-old named Tracy. Yes, another Tracy, but this Tracy doesn't really play a big role in the story, so I won't be referring to her until like the very end, so it shouldn't be confusing. Anyway, the four of them became super close and formed their own little friends group, which is great. It was kind of like what Tracy needed to get out of the house, to kind of socialize, Great. So these ladies became Tracy's escape group. Just new friends to go to and vent, just hang out with, talk, you know. When she needed to get out of the house especially, this group of girls were were there for her. Now this is all great and dandy, right? This is exactly what Tracy needs. The downside though, Tracy didn't tell them the full truth as to who she was. She fabricated a little bit. I mean, think of it like this. You know when you meet new friends and you talk about like your interests and hobbies and stuff? Well, this was like Tracy's opportunity to spice up her story a bit to her new friends. I mean, why not? She doesn't want to tell them the truth. The truth is actually really sad, you know? So she tells her new friends that she had a quote, unquote, vampire nature, most likely drawing from all of the stories she read as a teen But because she was so knowledgeable in vampirism from her books, Tracy sounded very convincing. She's like, yeah, I'm a vampire. And everyone was like, what, you're a vampire? She's like, yeah, I suck blood, yeah. She tells her friends that she only feeds on human blood. And she goes on to tell them that lately she had been surviving by drinking animal blood, specifically pig's blood that she's dying for human blood. It's just been a while. So she's been drinking pig's blood. Allegedly, we don't know. Tracy also told them that she, she couldn't help it. She had a, a, quote, need to feed, end quote. Yeah, Tracy at one point asked her new friend slash kind of girlfriend, uh, Lisa, if she would let her drink some of her blood. And in order to do so, I mean, all she had to do was cut her wrist and let um, Tracy have a little sippy sip. I'm not sure if they did or not. Some sources say they actually did and and Lisa would tell others that they did, but no one knows for sure, you know? Either way, Lisa did tell like all the other girls that Tracy sucked her blood, which was just adding credibility to her vampire ways. Either way, okay. Tracy had officially entered her vampire era. We all go through phases, I guess. So Friday. October 20th, 1989, the group of friends, they decide they're gonna go out for the night. So they went to downtown Brisbane and they hit up a couple of bars and just do their thing. It's Friday, let's get down, you know? Towards the end of the night, Tracy turns to her friends and she gets all serious. And she's like, I need a real drink. And the friends were like, ooh, okay. Tracy meaning that she needed blood. Later, the friends said that they were too afraid to challenge her. I mean, she was a vampire and they didn't wanna like put themselves in danger, so they went along with it. But many believe that the friends actually just wanted to see Tracy in action. Is she really really a vampire? Well, she tells the friends that she needed someone to eat. She needed to find someone to eat, first of all. So they all hop into the car and go on the hunt. Now they're driving around until they find their perfect person, like a fricking shark in the water, sharks. Which brings us to Edward Baldock. Now they literally spot Edward stumble out of a bar in Kangaroo Point in Brisbane. Apparently it was obvious that Edward had um, been, Hammered. That night, Edward had been out drinking with some friends, and he was now outside waiting for a cab to head home to his wife and four children. So, Edward is on the side of the street trying to hail a cab. Again, he's sloshed. So, he doesn't really notice that the car that pulled over was not a cab. Instead, it was a green sedan with four young women inside. He didn't notice. (laughs) They roll down their window and they offer Edward a ride. Edward hops into the car and they head towards or- Orley, Orley Park, which is like a little park area right next to a river. It's about 10 minutes away from the Kangaroo Point Bar where Edward was at. Now, while in the car with Edward, the group of friends allegedly offer him like sexual favors. Mm-hmm. Now, I read some sources that said that uh, they said that when they pulled over to pick him up and they were like, hey, we'll have sex with you. Blah, 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 blah. And that's why he got into the car. And then I read other sources that said that he was already in the car. And then they're like, hey, we'll have sex with you. But either way, he's down, you know. And what what do you think he's going to say? No? Come on. So he's not thrown off when the car, you know, pulls over next to the park and stops. He's like, I'm going to get some. I'm gonna get that. Now, Tracy tells Edward to come down to the bank of the river with her, Kim, and Lisa. Once they were there, Tracy removed her top and told Edward that he should take off his clothes too. Now, while he's doing so, Tracy tells him that she has to go potty real quick and she'll be right back. She's like, I'm gonna go potty. You keep undressing. Tracy tells the others that she felt like she couldn't kill Edward on her own and that she probably would need help. She also had a knife on her, which wasn't unusual. Like, I guess she carried it on her pretty often. Safety, I get it. But, like, she had a knife on her. But the thing was, she really wanted help from the other girls. The plan was something along the lines of Lisa being the one to stab Edward in the neck then Tracy could drink the blood because she needed blood ASAP. She was starving, craving it like never before. Now this sounded like a good idea to Lisa. She was down, but when it came down to it, Lisa hesitates with the knife. So Tracy, on the other hand, was not fucking around. She was ready to do this. But Lisa backs up, chickens out, says, I'm not doing it gives her back the knife. It's like, yeah, the vampire thing is hot when it's like dirty talk or whatever, but when it came down to it, Lisa was not down to kill Edward. She tells Tracy, I'm done, going back to the car. Like, I can't do this. Well, Tracy takes the knife from Lisa and walks back towards Edward. So at this point, he's like sitting at the edge of the river with nothing on. He took all of his clothes off except for his socks. It was so sad too, because I guess Edward like had neatly folded his clothes. At least he's a neat trunk. He still folds his clothes, wow. This time though, instead of like the group of girls coming towards Edward, it was just Tracy. It was just her walking towards him. He asked Tracy, what are you doing? You know, she, I guess she had this creepy look, creepy look in her eyes. She just kept her eyes locked with him and walked towards him. And not even a moment later, she pulled the knife from her pocket and replied, nothing before kablam. She swung the knife up and she stabbed him right into the side of his neck. Girl, what are you doing? Go home. What are you killing this man for? Just minding his own business. mm mm-mm, mm I guess like Edward tried to fight back, but he was struggling and he was like trying to reach for the knife, but he couldn't. And, and he couldn't throw her off either. Tracy pulled the knife out of Edward's neck and stabbed the other side of his neck. This time like plunging the knife repeatedly into his throat with the goal of trying to sever the tendons, 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 tendon, whatever. She's trying to like decapitate him. For reals. What she did do was snap his spinal cord, but that didn't stop her. Now this part blew me away because it's sick. She ended up stabbing Edward a total of 27 times. Girl, no, we can't be, no. That's like a crime of passion. But this was random. Mm -mm, I thought she was a vampire, not a killer. Well, she stabs him 27 times in the face, neck, and in his back before ending it as if he wasn't ended by slitting his throat. Now, I know that's a lot, but it gets worse. (coughs) It's not funny, but you know, gotta find humor. But as far as the story goes, she was far from finished. I read one source that said she's stabbing him, right? And then when she's done, I don't know how to say this, okay? But he's laying on the ground with his uh, face down and he has a big wound on his back because she stabbed him a bunch of times. So I'm sorry, but this part was like, what? I guess Tracy then fingered the open wounds on his back to get like some blood on her fingers to like eat it, which is not very vampire-like. I'm pretty sure vampires don't finger holes, Tracy. Maybe she's a trailblazer, I don't know. Another source said that she didn't do this, that she actually drank the blood directly from his neck. Either way, she did allegedly get some blood in her system. And then she went and rinsed off the, the blood and the evidence in the river and then headed back to the car with her friends. So Tracy goes up to the car and she's like, hey, you guys wanna see his body? And they all reported saying that they could smell the blood on like Tracy's breath and like, oh shit, she really did that. She really did it. She wasn't kidding. So Lisa and Kim decide to get out of the car to go check it out. But remember the other Tracy? She was in the car. And she was like, hell to the freaking no. No, I'm not going. She's the only one with brains around here. She's like, no. She ends up staying in the car, which good for her. So I guess the trio, they go and they check it out. Uh, just for a split second to see it, I guess, and then they take off, leaving poor Edward's naked mutilated body in the park and leaving nothing behind except for one very big piece of evidence. Sloppy. Well, it wouldn't take long for police to find Edward in the park the very next morning, but they also find a major piece of evidence inside of Edward's shoe they found an atm card it wasn't edwards you know who it belonged to tracy it was tracy's atm card yeah there were different reports as to how this may have happened i really don't know it's not very clear but it happened police find an atm card inside of edward's shoe that says tracy wigginton right smack on it now here's the funny part well it's not funny but like you know Jeez. Investigators didn't initially think that this ATM card would lead them straight to the killer because what killer, first of all, would be that sloppy? Second of all, they were like, well, maybe she knows. So they did want to find and question Tracy because perhaps she would have some information as to like who may have done this. So police locate and question Tracy and she tells investigators like, yeah, I was at the park. I'm a vampire. No, she doesn't say that. But she's like, yeah, I'm at the park. Or I was at the park. But she mentions like, I didn't kill anyone. She's like, I would have remembered that. So police are like, no, right? You know, she must be telling the truth because police genuinely believed that the, whoever the killer was, it was no way or there was no way it was a woman because they believed that there was no way a woman was capable of committing such a gruesome crime. It had to be a man, which to be fair, usually that is the case. This is a very rare occasion that a, this woman would be, well, anyways, Edward's murder, it was indeed very gruesome. And police were like, it's a man, this Tracy, she might know something, but like, it's a man, 100%. Well, you know how it goes. Well, actually I hope you don't know how it goes, but when there are many people who witnessed a murder or a crime taking place it's not easy to make sure that they all stay focused on track have the same story and don't crack right you can't control everybody and eventually one of them would crack Mm-mm. which good right good that's what you get tracy That's what you get. Well, guess who it is? It's Miss Lisa, the lover. She can't carry the weight of this murder on her. She's going nuts. So she ends up going to authorities and she tells them exactly what happened that night. I guess Lisa had felt like, look, eventually we're gonna get caught. Like there's no way in the ATM card. And the only way to get out of this would be to get ahead of it. So Lisa goes to authorities. She rats out Tracy, Kim and the other Tracy, and they too were brought in questioned and they told police everything, allegedly, because they also kind of fabricated some stuff. Uh, everything's alleged. So they're telling authorities or painting a picture to authorities that Tracy, she's far more than just a vampire, okay? Tracy had told them on numerous occasions that she was the wife of the devil and that she can control and manipulate people all around her. And most of all, none of them could do anything against her because they were under her spell when the murder took place. Or maybe they were drunk. Or maybe this is true, I don't know. I was not there. I mean, thank God that uh, Lisa came forward because they they thought it was a man. So who knows how long it would have took them to go back, circle back to Tracy. So now with the confessions, the ATM card, they knew, oh, they knew Tracy was their girl. So they go over to where she lives. They placed her under arrest and apparently Tracy did not resist. And she even confessed to what she did. I know, shocking, it wasn't a man. Plot twist, wow. Who would've thought, huh? So all of the rumors and details as to what happened that night started to leak to the media and ooh, it was like Christmas came early for them because you know the media, they love a story that is different and makes people upset. So, I mean, even without the whole vampirism of it all, four young women, no wait, four young gay women, they were all, they were all murdering a quote unquote normal everyday family man. I mean, this was tabloid gold, except it wasn't just the tabloids getting in on it. It was everywhere. News of the murder spread to mainstream sources. It was just everywhere. I hear that it was everywhere. So, okay, Tracy's under arrest. She confessed, great. So the court proceedings for these girls, I mean, it, it was so jam packed in the courtroom that you would think like a major celebrity was on trial. For weeks, the court heard testimony from Tracy's friends and acquaintances, and they were like talking about what kind of woman Tracy was. Now, by this point, Tracy was already locked up and she didn't even have to appear in court for like the other girls' trials. So nobody in the media or in like the court audience, whatever, nobody had like actually seen Tracy by this point. So it was like she became like this mythical creature only defined entirely on the details that were provided by everyone else, which that's gotta suck. But I don't know, lady, you murdered somebody. So what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? The friends described Tracy as malicious and a supernatural woman who lived, again, off of animal blood, and was obsessed with the occult and magic rituals. But most importantly, Tracy had supposedly all three of the girls under some kind of spell that night. They claimed that Tracy was controlling them, forcing them to go along with killing Edward. Now the media did what the media does best and they took these little details and they went wild with it. Now they had some wild headlines for this whole situation. There was one headline that said, quote, Cradle of a demon, hate filled home, bred a vampire, quote. And then there was another one that was a little bit more extreme. It was quote, frenzy of a deadly feed. Murderer was a bride of the devil. Yeah, so they're making claims that she was married to the devil. She's like, yeah. That's a bold claim. Any word from the devil himself? Can we confirm? Devil, do you have any words? Were you indeed married to Tracy? Those are the details I really wanted. I tried to contact the devil for confirmation, but could not reach him. And of course they all dug into these women being gay. And they were just like, gay, uh, uh," you know. Girls gone wild, topless demon women, doing demon things next up at 11. I mean, I get it when the media does that because yeah, you would like be interested, like what? But I mean, come on, demon. uh. So the trial wasn't even about like, innocent man murdered. It it was just, the court instead was overpowered by drama. You know, people were obsessed with who or what Tracy was. And it was just the talk of the town, huh? I mean, it just added to the spectacle, the excitement, the horror of the lesbian vampire killer. And it was a hot mess. So what actually happened were two things. It was clear to people that Tracy had snapped. Okay, allegedly this was her first kill, um, but it was clear like that she hadn't been roaming the streets of Australia hunting for blood often. This seemed to be her first time. I mean, I don't know. She was riding a motorcycle all over the country. How do we know? Because this is such an intense murder for your first time. But then again, she had. A A lot of built up anger and stuff from her childhood. Maybe she just couldn't stop. I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyways, I guess Debbie testifies. Remember Debbie, the girlfriend? So after Debbie started sleeping with other people, I guess, you know, this is really what set Tracy off. Like she just couldn't deal with it. Many believe that it just kind of brought to surface the childhood trauma and, abandonment, stuff like that. Tracy even said that if she had stayed home with Debbie the night of the murder, she probably would have ended up killing Debbie instead. I'm sure hearing that in court, like if you were Debbie, you'd be like, oh fuck, you almost killed me, oh shit. So little Debbie, the ex-girlfriend, she either testified or gave a statement. Either way, she said that the night of the murder, which she didn't know a murder had taken place, right? But what she does remember was that when Tracy had come home that night, Tracy was acting mm, a little off. She said like, at first she noticed that Tracy was like super energized. She had a ton of energy, like her adrenaline was pumping. And then I guess like Tracy was super hot and bothered and wanted to have sex with Debbie, like angry, passionate sex or something. Debbie said, that Tracy told her to quote, get in the bedroom, I just saw a dead body, end quote. And then they had sex. I'd be like, what was that second part? You saw a dead body? Huh? Was that? But we're just gonna skip that. So I guess like, again, like this had get, just had her (sighs) moist, okay? And then Debbie noticed throughout the night when they were trying to sleep or whatever, Tracy was like tossing and turning She was mumbling to herself, saying over and over again, this is real, this is real, this is real. Like over and over again. And I guess Debbie didn't ask her. Okay, Debbie. But it just seemed like Tracy was trying to convince herself like what really happened and also just bring herself maybe back to reality, which like had my noggin going. Wasn't there another story I did where it was like someone got super turned on by killing maybe all of them, huh? I don't know. So I guess Tracy, almost didn't go to trial because she had undergone psychiatric evaluation a couple of weeks prior to determine if she was like competent or not. And the experts were actually very split. So I guess there were um, several prominent psychologists and psychiatrists who believed that Tracy actually had multiple personality disorder. Mm. But like for real, I only say that because like a lot of the times we hear A lot of wild claims, right? But in this case, they believe that Tracy had this. So Tracy underwent over 26 hours of hypnosis. Oof, which some people even have mixed feelings about hypnosis, but she went through 26 hours of it. And while she was under the hypnosis, she revealed that she had four main personalities inside of her. Let me explain. There was Big Tracy. Now, Big Tracy was anxious and a depressed person probably closest to who Tracy actually was. Someone who had a conscience and who was actually horrified by the murder and what she had done. And they believed like this was probably the Tracy who was tossing and turning that night in bed with Debbie. Psychiatrists believed it was actually big Tracy who left the, the ATM card in Edward's shoe that night. Maybe she wanted to get caught. Maybe, you know, okay, go on. There was also little Tracy. Now, little Tracy was, maybe you can guess it, Tracy's like former child self, kind of representing the innocence she had before all of the abuse had taken place. It was childlike, innocent, sweet, I don't know. Tracy had another personality called the Observer. Now this was a detached personality and the only one that didn't have any emotion behind it. It was kind of like the part of Tracy's brain that calmly collected all the thoughts and actions of the other personalities, and it was like the secretary. It took notes, hence the name, the Observer. I wonder if they pick the names, like if Tracy picks the names, or if the names like choose themselves. Interesting. Then there was another personality named Bobby. Oh, Bobby. Bobby was a motorbike riding, badass, macho daddy. And Bobby was the one who was responsible for killing Edward. I thought it was a vampire. No, it was Bobby Bailey, it was Bobby. Again, these are all Tracy's personalities within herself allegedly I mean I guess I mean so again psychiatrists were torn was she faking it or telling the truth well do you want to hear my personal opinion I think she was telling the truth because if you ever look into multiple personality disorders I mean I'm not a doctor or anything so you know take this with a grain of salt this is my personal opinion usually when you go through a lot of trauma you detach from the trauma, it's the only way to survive. And you kind of create a different personality or at least your brain does. And when you go through years of abuse and trauma, you create, your brain creates these different personas to kind of store away all of the hurt, pain, anger, bleep, blah, bloop. So in Tracy's case, because she's been abused since what sounds like day one, and by different people, I mean, it makes sense. I would definitely believe she had that. It doesn't matter regardless, because like she murdered someone and she needed to be held accountable. But it was just kind of them finding a reason as to why, you know, which is what everyone is curious to know. One of the doctors who looked at or examined Tracy, uh, his name was Donald, Donald Grant. He concluded that everything she was called, a vampire, a Satanist, a psycho, etc., etc., he said that killing poor Edward was actually Tracy's way of taking revenge on all of her past abusers. That's just his observation. There were other psychiatrists that believed uh, Tracy actually had another personality to her, which would make five personalities inside of her. And this one was considered like a shadow personality, like the biggest one of all. It was like considered the puppet master, the one in charge pulling all of the strings. They believed it's the one that forced Tracy's personality of Bobby to kill that night. You get it? Yeah. And you know what that personality was called? Avril. Yeah. Tracy's grandmother slash adopted mother slash abuser. Makes sense. I'm like, eh, I could see that. Yeah. Well, this diagnosis did not get Tracy uh, like out of, out of a trial. Wait till you hear this. The jury, they don't really care about Tracy's diagnosis. Totally fair. And they end up sentencing her to a life sentence with the possibility of parole after serving 13 years. And even though the three others were trying to act as if Tracy was a real full-fledged vampire with mind control powers, the jury just didn't believe them. So Lisa, remember Lisa? She also received a life sentence, which I was like completely – I was shocked by that. I was shocked by that one. I mean, yeah, she was like there and she – I mean, she needs to serve time, but like not – Anyways, while Kim, the other friend, she received a lesser sentence for manslaughter with uh, 18 years, but it was reduced to 12. And then remember the other t- Tracy, Tracy, do you remember the other Tracy? Good for her because she, remember she stayed in the car? She was like, hell no, I'm not going. She was acquitted. Someone had a brain. She was the only one who had enough sense to knock it out of the car once they, they got Edward to the park where he was killed. She was like, damn, close call. Okay, plot twist though. I thought Tracy would be locked up for a long time because she was served. Oh, she was sentenced to life in prison. But correct me if I'm wrong, Australia, but I did a little Googling, and based off of what I found, and it was a quick Google search, life sentence in Australia means 20 years. Is this true? Because to me, a life sentence means life. <laughs> Australia's a little different. They're different down under, aren't they? Well, okay, I thought she would be locked away for a long time, I mean, while in, in prison, she allegedly, well, there was reports that she like tried to fight a guard. There was something else that I'm totally forgetting. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I thought she was gonna be locked up for a long time. I mean, the murder was really gruesome, okay? But get this, get this. Tracy was released from prison in 2012. She's been out. She was awarded parole and has kept a pretty low profile, but there was this one time, when she was released, she attempted to sign up for Facebook, I guess she had posted some vampire pics on her Facebook little timeline thing. And she also posted a picture that said, quote, now panic because I'm back. And uh, that didn't go over so well, so didn't last long but she may have one now, I really didn't look that hard. She may be using a different, who knows, whatever. She hasn't committed any crimes since, so Avril and Bobby are like not on a rampage. You know, based off of, there was one interview where Tracy really seemed to grasp the gravity of what she had done. Um, During an interview from prison in 1996, she said, quote, "'Murder is a terrifying experience. "'It's extremely scary to have that much power It's playing God with life and earth. Nobody should have that sort of power, but we all do." End quote, and they let her out. If she would have just said like, nobody should have that sort of power, period, okay. But then she said, but we all do. Are you gonna do it again? I don't know. I could not find updates on the others. I do hope Lisa got out. I mean, right? Or no, do you think she should have got life in prison? And Kim, she's gotta be out by now, but like, I don't know. Anyways, that, my friends, is a story about Tracy w- w- Wigginton. Wigington, the uh, lesbian vampire killer or whatever. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I think this is really just a case of, uh, no, I don't know what this is. I just know that the killing of Edward was very brutal and gruesome and like beyond murder. It was like, ew. It was just bad. And like for that alone, I just feel like, shouldn't she be locked up longer? No? Okay, well, she's in Australia, so hey Tracy, I don't know. I think we can all agree at the end of the day because two things could be right at the same time. Tracy had a terrible upbringing, a terrible childhood. She didn't have a childhood. She just had a terrible life up until the murder took place. And that's, that's sad, right? But she also did a really bad thing and she should be locked up for that, but it's okay to feel bad for her. I feel like people are always like, I don't know how to feel. It's like, you could feel two things at the same time, bad for her and be like, nah, eh, she's shitty. Words of wisdom, huh? I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Make good choices. Please be safe out there. And I will be seeing you guys later. Goodbye.